Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. What's up, Rhodes Church? How you guys doing? Welcome. So glad to have you. Glad to have all of you watching online. My name's Chad. For those of you I haven't got a chance to meet yet, but so great to hang out with you today. It's good to be back. Last week, I was in Louisville at a friend of mine's church, Daylight Church, and it was a friend of ours that started a church from scratch four years ago, right there in the city of Louisville, and we, we partnered with him as a church. And every month for the last four years, we have sowed seed into that church. So they are flourishing and doing well. Do you guys know you are church planters before we even started an additional campus? You've uh, held in that. So they just want to say from Daylight Church back to the roads, they want to say thank you. Because of you, they've been able to keep going, and God's doing some great things there in Louisville. So it's great to be back, though. Great to be back with the church family. It's been a fantastic week. This week has been just incredible. Start out Monday night, Eagle prayer meeting here at the church was amazing. Uh, for those of you who get to come to that, it's always a great time. Then we followed it up with First Wednesday. Come on, somebody. First Wednesday this week was incredible. <clears throat> if you've never been here on a Wednesday night or if it's been a while since you've come, our First Wednesday services are just uh, the last two. We've changed up some things, what we're doing. I encourage you, come out. We are pressing in for what God wants to do. We've had, we talked about the glory of God. We experienced the glory of God. It was just a great service. So first Wednesday was great. Then uh, let's see what else. Then I had a, ran into a couple from here in the church gave me a testimony about how they got plugged into a connect group and that it has totally changed their life. And not only their life in general, but also their engagement with the church. They said, you know, we've heard you talk about, you know, you need to get into a connect group. And we were always like, whatever. They said, but this semester we did. And they said, we just can't explain to you the difference that it's made in our life. And even when we come to church, seeing people, interacting with people, they said, we need to make sure. And so we're asking them, hey, could you tell everybody about your experience? They're like, it was too soon. You know, too soon. They're not quite ready for that. But we're just thrilled with people doing that. So that happened this week. Also, what else happened this week? Then also got to uh, go on Friday to sign the papers to reserve the Brubeck Art Center Theater in Mount Carmel on the campus of Wabash Valley College. Yes, come on. So we're coming. Our first interest meeting in Mount Carmel will be February 10th. We're having two services, two different services on that night because we're expecting people. And uh, so we just thought we'd just release our faith and expect this. The place will only hold uh, 498 people. So we thought we better have two services. And uh, we're just expecting God to do great things and, and uh, trusting us. So we got to sign those papers on uh, Friday. So we're pumped about that. Tell everybody, tell if you're watching online from Mount Carmel, we are coming. The dates are coming. So thank you for being a part of that. Also got to sign a check this week and send it to a friend of mine in Panama City Beach. I don't know if you heard this or not, but we had a vision offering. And uh, God challenged us all to live generously and to give into something that wasn't going to be ours. A friend of ours lost his church to the hurricane, and one campus, one location, completely no walls on it. The other campus, the location, the roof was completely gone. I, he texted me this morning and said that they had a big storm come through last night, and what they did have left over was completely flooded because there's no roof to cover it over. And so just keep praying for the Lighthouse Church. But when I called him, 
and said, hey, uh, we received this vision offering and, and we told our people, we have a lot of needs here. We have a lot of needs we have here at the facility, but we're going to sow seed into something. that our, This seed's going to become our bread. So we're going to give. We live generously here at the roads. And so we're just going to give to you. He's like, okay, that's cool. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to mail you a check. And here's the total that's come in. And the total of the check's going to be over $103,000. <laughs> Woo! Can we give God some praise for that? That's awesome. You did that. You did that. It's amazing. I was telling him, I said, hey, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be just a little bit north of $103,000, and we just want to sow into your life. And all of a sudden, I realized that he wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, Cole, hey, you there? And he was just weeping on the end of the phone, he said, you don't know the timing of this phone call. He said, I just walked out of a meeting where we didn't know what was going to happen with the insurance or what they're going to cover and what they weren't. So I just came out of a meeting where we didn't know how we were going to make it. And then you called. I'm going to, as soon as, he said, as soon as I get off the phone, I'm going right back into that meeting. I'm calling everybody back, and I'm going to tell them God has provided. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. So thank you, Jesus. Woo. What a day. What a day. Not every day you get to sign a check for $103,000, and you get to sow it into somebody else's life. I'm telling you, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It is. So that seed's going to become our bread. That seed's going to become your bread. When you sowed into that, it's not just generic for the church. For you that individually sowed into your own individual lives, I'm telling you, God's going to bring bread into your life. So we're thankful for that. It's been a good week. It's an exciting time to be part of the Rhodes Church. Lots of stuff going on. I'm just excited about uh, what God's doing in and through each and every one of you. This is why we got to invite people, keep asking people to come. Share the wealth. If God has blessed you, then make sure this week you do not go a week without inviting someone to church. Don't hoard the goodness of what God's doing in your life. Share it. Say, hey, you need to come and experience God. You don't want, we don't want you to come and experience me or anybody else. We want you to come and experience God. So we're, we're doing that, and we're thankful for this Christmas season. I don't know if you've got to check it out. If you're here physically, I know watching online, you can't see it, but with the Christmas decorations out there in the cafe foyer, if you just come in and come into the auditorium, you need to take a trip down to the cafe foyer and check out the decorations down there. Mind-blowing what some people can do with some decorations. One thing's for certain, I did not do that. We can all get, it's all right, I can take it, there's no way. Every part, if you walk around it, every part of it tells a story. Tells a story about the goodness of Christmas. And that's what we want to talk about. Speaking of Christmas, it's that time of year. So today, I want to start a new series called The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Because today, I want to talk a little bit about the Christmas time. You know, during this time of year, we always have all the Christmas type things. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the manger. We got the wise men. We got the shepherds. We got all the nativity scenes out. It's, it's all good. It's all wonderful. But then I, I just always want to ask the question, do we really know why Jesus came? And then do we know further, why did he come as a baby, as a man? Why didn't he just show up? I mean, he's God. Why doesn't he just go, bam, here I am, straight out of he heaven? 
You know, just, why didn't he just show up? Why did he come as a baby? Why was he born of a virgin? So you know that Joseph was not Jesus' daddy. So why was that? Why, why, why was he born of a woman but not born of a man? Do we really know some of those things? So I want to break it down today, and I want to talk about the gift that keeps on giving or the, the greatest gift that we've ever received. So if you get your Bibles out, your sermon notes, you get your Version Bible app, you can get the sermon notes on there, watching online. Hey, you can get the sermon notes available on the website or if you Version Bible app, you can use it. Let's open up our Bibles today to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. All right, have you, have you guys ever had one of those Christmas parties, you know, where everybody gets together and everybody wraps up presents and they don't put any names on them and it's all, everybody's all together and you draw out numbers? Are you with me? You draw out those numbers and everybody gets a number and you get to go pick out a present in the order of the number that you got. So, and, and I like this twist on that game. So if you get number one, you get to go and there's the pile of presents. Now on the pile of presents, they all look good. They're all wrapped beautifully. You know, got the ribbons, they got bows and all that stuff, the real shiny paper. and Everything looks great, but you don't know what's in it. So if you got number one, you can go and pick out your present, but you can't unwrap it yet because number two gets to come, and number two has two options. Number two can either pick from the pile or they can pick from you. <laughs> so they may look at your box, your wrapping, your whatever, and they may say, um, I think I would like what's in your present more than what's there. So you always want the highest number in that game. Like you want to be number 15 or whatever because you want to be able to pick from everybody else's and steal what they have. So, but the beauty of this is that the problem is that also that you don't know what's inside of them. How many knows that that game, it'd be a whole lot easier if you knew what was in those wrappers when you went to pick out your gift? Right. You know, if I knew what they were, because some of them's a gag gift. Some of them you don't want. Some, usually in that kind of atmosphere, some of them are actually decent gifts, and some of them are what we kind of like to call re-gifts. <laughs> like as soon as you open it up, you're like, okay, that's going to Uncle Larry. There's no way I'm keeping that gift. That's going to so-and-so. You've got someone in mind that you're going to re-wrap that up and gift it at the next family gathering or the next Christmas party at your business, whatever. So you don't know what's inside of it. And so I want to talk about today, sometimes the problem is we don't know the value of a gift because we don't really know what's inside, inside of it until we open it up. And I want to submit to you, as we're talking about today, that the gift that keeps on giving, the gift of Jesus, is the best gift we could ever ask for. But there are a lot of gifts out there, and they're all wrapped nicely. They all look good. But some of those gifts that are out there for us are gag gifts. Some of those gifts out there you don't want. And we want to take a look at what the gift is that God gave us through Jesus. So in, in Romans chapter 5, I'm going to start reading in verse 12. It says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Therefore, just as through one man one man. Who's the one man we're talking about? The one man, Adam. Through one man, Adam, sin entered the world. Through. That word through is a Greek word that just means a channel, like a conduit, like how something flows from one place to another. Could be used, you could say the vehicle 
for sin. It came through one man. It came through Adam. So sin entered the world through Adam, came through him. Important for us to get that. How it gives access, how it came through there. Sin entered. Here's the word entered. The word entered means to come into being, to begin, to happen, to start, to start taking place, to come into the picture. So sin entered the world through man. Why did Jesus, why was Jesus born in the manger? Why, was Jesus, why did Jesus come? This is what we're going to break down and what you understand. Some people don't know the, the actual reason why Jesus was born. Hopefully after this you're going to know exactly why he came and was born in a manger. So sin entered the world through man. Sin entered the world through man. That means sin wasn't in the world before man. That means God created a world with no sin. There was no sin in the world. But sin entered the world. So if sin entered the world, that means it wasn't in the world. Just laying the foundation. So God created a world with no sin. And then man came. So God didn't create sin. God created man. And God gave man the freedom to sin. But he also gave the freedom not to sin. He gave him the freedom to obey or the freedom to disobey. He gave him the option. He said, I'm going to create you with an incredible power. Here's the incredible power. It's the power of free will. You can choose me or you can choose not to be with me. That is your option. So sin entered the world through man. He gave them the freedom to walk in relationship or walk out of relationship. Sin entered the world. I like to break this down. Sin entered the world. What does the world mean? It doesn't just mean the earth. Sin entered the world. The word world there is the the Greek word cosmos. And it literally means the universe in the form of the structure and the processes, the systems. So God created a system, a structure, or a process. And there was no sin in that structure or process. There was no sin in the solar system. There was no sin in the structure of humanity. How how things functioned, how things operated, how things were processed, everything had a system and there was no sin in it. But through man, sin entered the world. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Do you know that the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of the curse of sin when Jesus returns. I'm talking about trees are waiting for Jesus to come back. I'm talking about the air, the ground, the solar system. Everything is waiting to be redeemed by the presence of Jesus. All of creation, sin entered the world structure. So when you flip on the news, you're like, man, why is this world crazy? Sin entered the world through Adam. Why do people think this way? Why do things go this way? Because sin entered the world through Adam. So notice what what it says here. Sin entered the world through Adam and death through sin. Now the word death means separation from God. Death entered through sin. So Genesis 2, 17 says this, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for the day of you eat of it you will surely die. Death means separation from God. So we put the two together. Sin entered through man, and what came through sin? Death, separation from God. 
So here's the point. Death was piggybacking on sin. That sin came in and the result of sin is separation from God. Whenever God told Adam and Eve, he said, listen, I don't want you. First he told Adam, and I think this is important to clarify. He told Adam, hey, of all the fruit of the trees of the garden, you can eat any of them, just not that one. Somehow, because Eve wasn't there, if you follow the biblical transaction there, Eve wasn't present when God gave those instructions. She wasn't created yet. And so then Adam, in turn, gave those instructions to Eve. And then when Eve talked to the serpent that was tempting her, she said to the serpent, no, we can't eat of it and we can't even touch it or we will die. Now, I don't know if Adam embellished on God's directive or Eve embellished on God's directive, but God never said you couldn't touch it. He just said you couldn't eat it. How is that important, Chad? I'm glad you asked because here's what happened. God said the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Eve heard somehow we can't eat it or touch it, but the day that she touched it, And the serpent convinced her to pick it up and look at it when she touched it and she did not see any effects of it. She did not die. She began to doubt the word of God. Here's what the enemy will do to us. When we cannot see the immediate consequences of our disobedience, it's the enemy implanting in our word, in our heart, the doubting, the validity of God's word in our lives. Here's what he wants to do. He wants to get you to do things that are not necessarily exactly in obedience to God, but he wants you to see that there's no immediate consequences to that. So therefore, he wants us to think there's nothing really wrong with it. He said, the day you eat of it, you will die. She ate of it. I'm still breathing. I guess God's word's not true. Little did she know that she died spiritually the day she disobeyed God. Little did Adam know the day that he disobeyed God, he died spiritually. This is why I'm saying, don't let the enemy get you into thinking just because you don't see immediate consequences doesn't mean what you're doing is not what God wants you to do. He he wants us to hang close to him. So death entered through sin. Sin is the vehicle or the access point for death to get into our lives. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Death... I'll say it this way, and please don't take it out of context. If you're watching online or here, hear me out. I'm going to say something that may shock you. But I want you to understand that the point behind it, I, I, I'm convinced of this, but I want you to stay with me. Are you ready? You're prepared to hear it now. I, I know it could be a little shocking for you, but the goal, are you prepared? you want me to go ahead and say it? Are you like the anticipation building in the room? This is the art of a good speaker. You build anticipation in the room. Do you know the goal of the enemy is not to get you to sin? What? What are you talking about? The goal of the enemy is not to get you to sin. The goal of the enemy is death, separation from God. Death comes on the piggyback of sin. He uses sin as a means to an end. His goal is not sin. His goal is separation from God. His goal wasn't just to get Adam and Eve to eat fruit. That wasn't his goal. His goal was to separate them from relationship with God. Eating fruit wasn't the big deal. Separation from relationship with God, that's the big deal. But the enemy wants to get us so sin conscious 
that we're always thinking about what we do or don't do, and we forget about the relationship of God. And we're going to talk about that more in this message, but I want you to understand, just because sin is part of of death, it doesn't mean that's the enemy's goal for you. His goal is for get, get you to take the bait of sin because he knows on the back of sin is piggybacking death or separation from God. And we will sometimes separate ourselves from God based on sin. The devil doesn't even have to do it. We will remove ourselves from God based on sin. We'll say, well, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. We don't, I, don't, I don't deserve to come to God. I don't deserve to come to church. I've really been bad this week. And so I know God's mad at me. I know he's upset. I know he is. This is how, how I think. Maybe you're better than me. But I, but I think, God, oh, I don't, oh, man, I don't even know if I can really break through in prayer today because I had those thoughts. Oh, that thought. You remember on Wednesday I had that thought. I know I shouldn't have had that thought, but that thought was there. And I don't know why I did. I'm just stupid, stupid, stupid. God, I'm sorry. I know you're mad at me. I know you can't stand even to look at me right now. Just don't look, God. Just look away. Right? So we think when we come into worship, well, it's not been a very good week, so I'm only going to give him 10% praise today because I've been pretty bad. What week do you come in when you deserve 100%? What week do you ever deserve anything that God gives you? We've got to get past that sin mentality and realize relationship with God is what we're after. When we choose relationship with God, I will choose not to sin, not because I'm trying not to sin, but I value the relationship, and I know if I sin, it will hurt our relationship. So I want relationship with God. The lack, oh, this is so important. I started to say this is so good, but I don't want to sound like I'm bragging on my own message, but it's really good because it's from God. The lack of sin in my life alone does me nothing. If our goal in life is sinlessness, (laughs) it's going to be an empty goal. My goal has to be relationship with God. Sinlessness is a byproduct of my goal. Less sin in my life is a byproduct of a desire to have a heart for God. All of a sudden, if I love God, I don't want to do what he doesn't like. If I truly love my wife and want a relationship with her, I don't intentionally do things she hates. My goal is not, well, I'll just try not to do anything she hates and hope everything works out all right. My goal is to know what she loves and knows what she doesn't love and just pursue the things that she likes and try and be that. And if I do that, our relationship is good. So I just... I want to encourage you that the goal of the enemy is not sin in your life. The goal is separation from God. So look what happens. Death came through sin, and thus death spread to all men. Death spread to how many men? One more time. Death spread to how many men? Okay, one more time. That wasn't as good. Death spread to how many men? Oh, it spread. That word spread means to pass through to. So Adam sinned. Now death, separation from God, spread or passed through. Pass through to, you know, pass, you know what pass through is. I'm talking like, like convenience store sushi pass through. You know what I'm talking about pass through. You know, pass through. <laughs> okay. I'm talking, woo, pass through. I'll save all my other analogies I had for that illustration. I had several of them I jotted down like this, that, but I, anyway, going on, you understand what I mean by pass through. It means it goes right through. So you, you didn't have to say, 
you know what? I'm not going to be death. I don't want death. Death passed through to everyone after Adam. So look what it says. Let's go to the next part. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Fancy way of saying, before the law of Moses, there was sin in the world, but God didn't hold them accountable for that which they did not know about. In other words, the law came, the Ten Commandments came to define sin. It came to just tell them what sin was. It could do nothing to redeem from sin. It just identified sin. So once, it's like your kids that if they don't know something's wrong, you show them a lot of grace, but once you tell them, then they're, they're accountable. It's like, hey, hey, I didn't know. Okay, well, now you do. And now you know, then we should expect your behavior to go in line with what you know. God once winked at ignorance, but now he's going to hold us accountable. And that's what the law is. So he said in verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned. It ruled. Death was king from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who is to come. So what does it mean? This is important. Adam is a type of him, is to, of him who is to come. Why is he a type? Because Adam is called the first Adam. Jesus is many times in the Bible called the second Adam. Why is that? Because both Adam and Jesus, their actions affected the entire world. This is why Adam is a type of him who is to come. Because Adam, did, he disobeyed God and his actions affected everyone that came after him. So death passed to everyone through Adam. Are you tracking? You're like, what does this have to do with Christmas again? Jesus, why was Jesus born? Just keeping you on board. Why did Jesus have to come to the earth? Why? Because everyone born of Adam was born into death. Jesus, everyone that comes after Jesus gets life. So both of them affected everything that came after them. So God sees every person, everyone listening, everyone watching online, God sees every single one of us in one of two camps. You're either in Adam or in Jesus. You're either under the first Adam. What does it take to be under the first Adam? Being born. That's your qualifier. All of you that are born, you qualify as first Adam people. You're like, well, I didn't do anything. I'm not related to him. I come from the German line. <laughs> we all came from Adam. No matter who you are, no matter your background, Adam was first. So we all qualify, all races, all creeds, all cultures, all came from Adam. So we're either in Adam's camp or we can be in Jesus' camp. There's only two, and this is what he's talking about. We'll break down what that means. This is why Jesus was not the son of Joseph by conception, he was born of the Holy Spirit. Because in the lineage, if you've got Adam in your genealogy, Adam, then every descendant that come after him, Cain, Abel, Seth, everyone that came after him, all of them were dead. They were born into death. They were born into sin. Jesus was not born of a man. Stay with me. He couldn't be born in this lineage or he would be dead. So he had to be born of the Holy Spirit. So Mary had to be a virgin and the Holy Spirit had to conceive him so that he could start a new lineage. Adam, dead. Jesus, life. I'm born into this one, but I can be born again. 
And when I get born again, I move from this side over to this side. I move from death to life. This is what it's talking about. This is why Jesus came. This is why he was born of a virgin, so we can understand that. The Galatians says it this way. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. The Bible doesn't just talk. It means business. It's important. Born under the law. So that to redeem those who were under the law, under the lineage of Adam, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. So I go from being born of Adam, deserving death, and I go to be born of Jesus, deserving life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me, has made me free from the law of sin and death. I want to be born on Jesus' side. How about you? That's what we have available. Now let's look at verse 15. But the free gift, everybody say free gift. Free gift, this is Jesus, is not like the offense. Man, are you ready for this? For... For, I just know where we're going, so I'm getting pumped. <laughs> For if by the one man's offense, Adam, the one man's offense, many died. Do you realize the pressure? You know, we kind of sometimes give Adam a hard time, but you realize one sin by Adam sealed the fate of all of humanity after him? How would you like that pressure on your shoulders walking around every day? That every gener- if you sin one time, every generation after you will be born into death. I couldn't make it past breakfast. I don't want that kind of pressure. But look what happened. This was the situation. Through one, by one man's offense, many died. Much more. Everybody say much more. So if by one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. (laughs) There's a lot of meat in this verse. The free gift isn't like the offense. God's side, oh man, this is why we serve such a good God. This is why we serve such a generous, loving God. Because he said, hey, one offense sealed the fate for all of you, separated from me forever. But the free gift, it's not like the offense. It's not like that. It's not like because the free gift, much more, much more the grace of God, much more the goodness. The grace means God's favoritism, his, his, his liking of you, his desire for you. Much more God's grace, his goodness towards you far outweighs his anger for sin. God's desire to be in relationship with you is much more. It far exceeds anything we could do against him. The grace of God reaching for you is much greater than the sin trying to separate you. The sin that tries to separate you from God, trying to say you're not worthy, trying to say you can't come to God, you're no good for nothing, you're never going to amount to nothing, that sin that's trying to separate you from God, God said, I'm not just going to override it, I'm going to drown it out with the gift of God, grace. That's what he said, it's much more than it abounded to many Verse 16, and the gift is not like that which came through the one which sinned. For the judgment, that word judgment means decision. So whenever Adam sinned, how many knows God is righteous and he's just? He's just. He doesn't show partiality. His decisions are right. It's not like, well, there is no right. Yeah, God is right. He's always right. Is there an answer? Yes, God's answer, and it's right. So he's a righteous judge. 
For the judgment, the decision which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. Now check this out. Here's what happened. So Adam and Eve sinned. God had to make a judgment. And he's always righteous. Sin. The wages of sin is death. That's the way it goes. So Jesus, they they had to make a decision. They said, all right, one offense. Here's my judgment. Guilty. Was Adam and Eve guilty? Yes. That was the decision that came down from heaven. Guilty on mankind. And it resulted in condemnation. Condemnation means a decision against with punishment. So he was saying, okay, here's the punishment. Eternal separation from me. That's your punishment. But he said the free gift is not like that. For the the one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses... Not one offense. How many know there were a lot of sins after Adam? There were a lot of sins. Only one sin gave us a judgment of guilty. And there were many, 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 many sins after that. Jesus was saying, even though there were many, many offenses, I'm telling you what, my grace resulted in justification. Now, what's justification mean? I'm glad you asked. Here's how it went out. So there's decision. Guilty for mankind. Born, everyone born of Adam. But Jesus came, the free gift. And everyone who will be born under the lineage of Jesus, I've made a new decision as supreme being of the universe and eternal judge. I've said anyone that's born under the lineage of Jesus, not guilty. Not guilty. No, no, no. I got many offenses, God. I've really screwed up. You don't understand. I've been a bad man. I've been a bad woman. I've been terrible. I've totally screwed up. Born under Jesus, not guilty. But this is why you can bring your many, many, many offenses to the blood of Jesus. You say, I've been horrible, God. Because here's what the enemy will tell you. He will tell you, you're not as good as any of those people. You don't deserve to be in here. You don't deserve, none of those people are as bad as you. None of those people have those thoughts you have. None of those people have done as many bad things as you've done. You're not anywhere close to good enough to sit in that room with those people. I'm telling you, God's saying, much more. Bring your many, many offenses to God. And he says, because of your many offenses, my grace, my gift is so big, I say, not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. One offense doomed us, but even with many offenses, he made us justified. Going to the next verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more. Everybody say much more. Much more. Those who receive. Hold up. Death reigned through the one, but much more. Much more. Those who receive. That word receive is the Greek word lambano. means to grab hold of or seize or possess for yourself. Much more those who receive the abundance. Look what they've got to receive. The abundance of grace. Too many times we're taught in religion that it's almost like an even exchange. Like I've sinned, so now if I make up and do a bunch of good things, I'll make up for my bad things. God says I've come with much more grace. Much more grace. Much more grace. I almost titled this, mes- this message much more. Because we serve a much more God. 
We serve a generous God. Come on, somebody talk to me about generosity. We serve a generous God. I didn't deserve anything, but he looked at my many, 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 many offenses. And he said, Chad, my desire for you is much more. If you'll just receive the grace, you can come under and be born and you can have life instead of death. He says, much more if you'll just receive it. The gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to how many men? Let me read it again. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man, Jesus' righteous act. Why was Jesus born? Why did he come? Because he's the greatest gift. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Because we were all born dead. We were all born into sin. But look what happens. This part's so awesome. One man's righteous act, the free gift came to how many men? Wait a minute. Through one man's offense, judgment came to how many men? All men. But the free gift came to how many? That includes you. The free gift comes to us all. All we have to do is receive it. It came to all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Spark right here for a second. As by one man's disobedience, Adam's, many were made sinners. Made sinners. Adam sinned, born of Adam, made sinners, made, made. What are you trying to say? Made means I didn't have to do anything to become a sinner. I was made a sinner. Only qualifying factor I had to be a sinner was to be born. I didn't have to learn how to be a sinner. I didn't have to earn my sinnerhood. I didn't have to practice sinning to become a sinner. I was made a sinner. I came out of the womb sinner. 10 pounds, 10 ounces of sinner into the world. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hear me, I'm, I'm laying something for you. One man's disobedience, you were made a sinner. Just being breathing, you were made a sinner. So also, One man's disobedience, I was made a sinner. So also, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. I was made a sinner, not based on anything I did. I didn't have to practice. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to become it. I was just born into it. Many will be made righteous. I didn't have to earn it. I don't have to learn to practice it. I don't have to do anything to get it. I just have to be born into it. It's the same thing. Just just like I was born into a sinner, I can be born into the righteousness of God. I don't have to earn my righteousness. I just have to be born into it. But the enemy wants to think you've got to earn it. 
Religion will tell you, you got to earn your salvation. you got to earn your righteousness. I'm here to tell you there ain't nobody in here, including him, speaking on this platform, that's earned my righteousness. I was born into it. I have the audacity to just believe and receive that Jesus' blood paid the price for all of my sins. I don't stand before you because I don't have any mistakes. I don't stand before you righteous because I don't have any faults. I stand before you righteous because I was made righteous by the blood of Jesus. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Too many in the world don't even know. They come to church and they think the gospel is about how they can help them pay their bills. That the gospel is about how they can have a better day. The gospel is about Jesus who never sinned was born of a virgin woman into this earth to break the lineage of death and to create a lineage of life that whosoever would believe in him and be born again, you could be made righteous. Put some stink face on it. You're just made righteous. But many times the devil's going to make you think you've got to earn it. And you're going to say things like this, I don't feel righteous. But I don't feel righteous. Chad, I don't feel, I don't feel like it. Since when is things, are things based on how we feel? Look what he says. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded. No, 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 we didn't catch it yet. Moreover, the law entered that offense may abound. The law, there's some people still wanting you to live by the law. Some people in the church still wanting you to live by the law. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about, oh, so you just given, you just given us free reign to sin? No, the Bible addresses that. So just because we're under grace doesn't mean we just go ahead and sin. Certainly not. But what it's saying is that I value relationship over, over uh, the rightness of my own righteousness, so I want to do right because I want to be with him. And he said, wherever the law entered, the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded, No, we haven't got it yet. More of the law entered that offense might abound. Your offenses have abounded to God. Your sins have abounded to God. We got a bunch of sins. But look what happens. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Anybody thankful for the grace of God? So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through the righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift that keeps on giving, we just have to receive it. I want to I challenge you in this to remember, we talk about the reason for the season. I want you to remember the reason you have life. You have life today not because you're a good person, not because you don't any, do any bad things. You have life this morning because you're born of Jesus. You say, well, Chad, do I need to clean up my act and live righteously? No, you need to come to know Jesus. And then Jesus will help you clean up your life and live righteously. We don't clean up our life and try and live righteous to qualify to be in a church and to be one of those who call themselves Christians. Well, if I'll just stop doing this, if I'll stop sleeping around, stop drinking, stop chewing, stop stop, uh, cussing, if I can stop doing drugs, if I can stop all these things, then maybe I'll be like one of them. Like one of who? Like one of who? Throw a rock in here. Throw a rock. You're not going to find anyone that has earned their righteousness. Throw a bunch of, but don't throw rocks at the platform, but you know what I'm saying. 
Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.